Let's all stand and we'll start off with a word of prayer. Um, Brother James Benson would help us with prayer. Amen. Let's all take your hymn. Let's go to hymn number 211. Hymn number 211, Whosoever Leadeth Me. Jesus, 
Maddie turned 18 today. 18. What a wonderful thing. Anybody else have a birthday? Like from Sunday to now? Up front here? Right here? Right down front here? Is that right, Josh? You have a birthday? Yeah, he's got that smirk on his face. Would you, would you uh, guys mind standing so we can sing to you? Awesome. How old are you now, Josh? I'm sorry? 18 also. Awesome. Well, as tall as you are, I guess we'll allow that to happen. Let's sing happy birthday, Brother Charlie. You lead it. Congratulations. Uh, let's go to the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel. Ezekiel 25. So we went up and, uh, by the way, girls, did you get those handed? Did anybody not get a paper outline? Look, here we go in there, and daughter needs one. There's just so much information, I just thought it easier to put it on paper. So 
I know I probably should have done that many times as I've been going through the book of Ezekiel, but this is a lengthy portion of scripture, so I thought that might aid you in your study of the Ezekiel. Uh, so I want to start with a story. Um, on Monday, um, we'd, of course, gotten back from the couple's retreat, and Miles was still in the hospital, and so we talked about going up Sunday, uh, but we waited till Monday, and uh, Sunday night, a good preacher friend of mine, Brother Gary Carty, who's preached here before, uh, Brother Gary Carty uh, texted me and said, so they're life-flighting my 17-year-old son, to, or grandson, to Children's Mercy. And um, so they uh, flew him here and immediately did surgery on him. So we go up to visit Miles and... Um, Gary's, uh, grands, well, Gary's son posted uh, that Thomas had gone through surgery and that he was in the PICU. And I'm like, well, we're in the PICU. So as we're leaving, there's that desk, you know, you get ready to leave. And there's a guy standing there. And uh, so I went up and said, uh, so I'm looking for a 17-year-old kid, and his name's Thomas Carty. And uh, he goes... I don't think he'd be here. And I said, well, so I'm showing him the Facebook post and all that. And so he finally looks at his computer screen. And he goes, oh, yeah, he's right here. It was the door right behind him. And so we went in, got to see the Cardis, uh, got to pray with them. Uh, so here's what happened. This is totally weird. I've heard the weirdest things over the last couple of months, like twist your ankle and get a blood clot and die. Is that not the strangest thing in the world. Um, so this 17-year-old boy uh, had been, uh, thought it was cold, and he developed strep in one of his nasal passages. The other one was clear. It was just one of them. And uh, then he got these horrendous headaches. For the last three weeks, he's had all these headaches. And it's kind of a divorce situation. What well, isn't kind of. It is a divorce situation. And so Mom hadn't really been doing anything for him, and so uh, when Gary's son found out that the kid was so sick, he said, he's got to go to the doctor. Why haven't you taken him to the doctor? So he took him to the emergency room. So the strep that's in this nasal cavity worked its way up and got between the brain and the skull. He had two pockets of strep up here, so he went in, did surgery, pulled all that out, put antibiotic in, and then about 45 minutes later, another doctor went in and cleaned out the sinus cavity. So I'm telling you, the strangest stuff in the world. So then he had some blood clot issues, things like that. They, he had some paralyzation, but all that's straightening up fine. Uh, he's talking, he's interacting. So our God is just so good, but there are so many weird things out there. Okay, so uh, I guess I would say don't just blow off when you don't feel good. Okay, one of the things I've heard over and over, you ought to listen to your body. And uh, so you ought to listen to your body, and you ought to probably listen to the kids too. Okay, um, but um, if you would uh, pray for Thomas Carty, I wouldn't be surprised if they're able to go home. And the doctor told them when they had done the surgery, he said, if you'd waited six hours, he'd been dead. So, praise God. Amen? Praise God, they got helicopters, and I don't know how many times I stand there in Children's Mercy like I did with 
uh, Reagan and Stephen, I said, we are so blessed to live in a city that has a facility like Children's Mercy. And so um, we can be very, very, very thankful for that. All right, now let's go to Ezekiel chapter 25. Hold on, buckle up. Uh, we will be traveling quick. We begin in verse number one of uh, chapter 25. The word of the Lord came again unto me, saying, Son of man, set thy face against the Amorites, and prophesy against them, and say unto the Amorites, Hear the word of the Lord, thus saith the Lord God, because thou saidest, Aha, against my sanctuary when it was profaned, and against the land of Israel when it was desolate, and against the house of Judah when they went into captivity. Behold, therefore, I will deliver thee to the men of the east for possession, and they shall set their palaces in thee, and make their dwellings in, it, in thee. They shall eat thy fruit, and they shall drink thy milk. And I will make Rabab a stable for camels, and Amorites a crouching place for flocks. And ye shall know that I am the Lord. For thus saith the Lord God, Because thou hast clapped thine hands, and stamped with thy feet, and rejoiced in heart with all thy despite, uh, with all thy despite against the land of Israel. Behold, therefore, I will stretch out my hand upon thee, and will deliver thee for a spoil to the heathen, and I will cut thee off from the people, and I will cause thee to perish out of the countries. I will destroy thee, and thou shalt know that I am the Lord. Now, I don't know about you, but when I read portions of Scripture that says, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord, I'm like, I want him to repay like that. I mean, that is pretty awesome. And so, let's pray. Lord, we love you and we thank you for our time together tonight. We pray that you would meet with us, that you might be honored and glorified through the teaching of your word, preaching of your word. I pray that uh, you would open our hearts and our minds, just make us receptive to it. And Lord, uh, we pray for little Miles there. Uh, children's mercy, touch his body, Lord. Let him continue that healing process. Soon he'll be able to go home. Uh, be with uh, Reagan and Stephen, encourage them, and be with little Paisley. Lord, I pray that you would also be with uh, Thomas Carty and uh, his dad and the other family members that are assembled there. Uh, Lord, we thank you for the way that you've worked in his young life, and we pray to God that uh, he'd be able to go home by the end of this week also. Uh, just continue the healing process in both their bodies, and we'll give you the honor and glory and praise for all that you do there. And then just meet with us this evening and, uh, and have your will done in our lives. Be with Lalo and Caitlin as they're headed home from the funeral there in Amarillo. And uh, Lord, uh, pray to give them traveling mercies in. Thank you for your goodness and your love. We ask these things in your blessed and most holy name. Amen. And so there on your notes, it says section outline 9 of Ezekiel 25 through 28. These chapters, Ezekiel pronounces judgment against six pagan nations. So we're going to see six pagan nations. A couple of them come really quick because there's not a lot of uh, scripture to be read. Uh, and uh, so we'll get like uh, two or three of them pretty quick, and then the last three take a while. Uh, and so we see the first one is against Ammon. And uh, here in uh, Ezekiel 25, 1 through 7, uh, we see their crimes in verses 25, 1 through 3, and verse 6, they rejoice over the destruction of Israel's temple, and they mocked the Jewish exiles on their way to Babylonian captivity. They, they just mocked the children of God and the things of God, and they rejoiced to see 
their nation crumble. Uh, we see their condemnation then in chapter 25, 4 through 5 and verse 7. Their land will be overrun by enemy forces and their people will be enslaved. And so uh, Ammon is going to face the hand of God. They're going to be judged and uh, the, that is pronounced. Then the second one we see is the prophecy against Moab. Here we're in chapter 25, verses 8 through 11. They too are condemned for plotting the destruction of uh, Jerusalem, and they are going to get judgment also. And then we go to the third one, which is the prophecy against Edom. 25, 12 through 14, a similar judgment awaits the Edomites. Uh, God's going to bring uh, his judgment on them for their hand uh, in going against his chosen people. And then we come to the fourth one, which is the prophecy against Philistai, uh, verses 15 through 17. The same judgment will soon fall upon the Philistines. Uh, God's going to bring judgment upon them and is going to have his way in bringing punishment. It's amazing. The, Philistine, or the Philistines have always been an issue or a problem uh, with the nation of Israel here. God's going to bring some judgment upon them. And then number five, and things begin to really slow down here, we have the prophecy against Tyre. And uh, this is chapter 26, verse number 1, all the way to chapter 28, verse number 19. And so it's a rather lengthy portion of Scripture. And uh, that's one reason for the handout is when you go home, you can look that up and read that and kind of draw the similarities out there. The first thing we notice is the splendor of Tyre. And so it was a beautiful place. And uh, it was a place where people like to be. Uh, matter of fact, in verse number three, it says, And say unto Tyrus, O thou that art situated at the entry of the sea, which are a merchant of the people for many isles, thus saith the Lord God, O Tyrus, thou, shalt, thou hast said, I am of perfect beauty. Thou borders are in the midst of the seas. Thy builders have perfected thy beauty. They have made all thy shipboards of fir trees and taken cedars from Lebanon to make the mass thereof. And it goes on and on. He begins to describe all that's going on here in the city of Tyre. And so they're known for their shipbuilding. Its harbor was the most beautiful in the world at that time. Uh, it was the gateway to the sea. Uh, it's like everything had to flow through there. And so they got to see the best of the best uh, they had the best when it came to linens and needlework. They had the best when it came to, to whatever was going through. Whatever was going through there, they had access to the very best. And the ships that they built were the finest in all the world. Verses 5 and 7, the ships were made of cypress, uh, cedar, oak, pine, ivory, and linen. Some beautiful, beautiful, long-lasting ships were made right there. And not only were their ships great, but because they were such good shipbuilders and because they were here at the harbor that led out into the sea, their sailors were unmatched. They come from many nations to join the fleets that were there uh, in the nation of Tyre. And, and so Tyre was able to reach around the world to get whatever it wanted and to, to be able to do what it, what it thought necessary. And not only are the sailors the best, but then they had the best soldiers. And so the soldiers of Tyre in verses 10 through 11, are they're the most experienced, the best equipped men, uh, serve in the army of Tyre. And I can't help but think of our good country today. And I'm so thankful for the military that we have. 
and so uh, here was the, the nation of Tyre. The substance of Tyre is uh, letter C, verses 12 through 25. The city is one of the richest of its day. And uh, then there's a note here. Note the exotic items imported into Tyre. And so these are things that were brought in from the outside uh, by the ships. Uh, there's silver and iron, tin and lead. Uh, all these things were discovered and being uh, imported at that time. There were slaves in verse number 13. There were chariot horses, steeds and mules in verse number 14. There was ebony and ivory coming up the coast, verse 15. There were emeralds, purple dyes, fine linen, and jewelry of coral and rubies, verse number 16. Then there's wheat and honey, oil, balm, wine, and wool, uh, verses 17 and 18. Uh, in verses 19 and 20, they had iron and saddlecloths. And then in verse 21, they had rams and lambs and goats. Uh, verse 22, spices and gold. And then verses 23 through 25, blue cloth, embroidery, and carpets. And so whatever you wanted, you could pretty much find in the city of Tyre. Now, the sin of Tyre is found in 26, 1 through 2. And then again, in 28, 1 through 5, we're going to pick 1 through 2 in chapter 26. And it came to pass in the 11th year, in the first day of the month, that the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man... Because that Tyrus has said against Jerusalem, Aha, she is broken, that was the gate of the people. She is turned unto me, and I shall be replenished. Now she is laid waste. And so he points out that the city celebrates the fall of Jerusalem. They were so excited to see Jerusalem fail. And I think it would do us good to always just kind of be on the lookout when someone is excited about someone else's failures. Uh, that shouldn't be a thing to be excited over, uh, but that's the way it was here at the city of Tyre. Tyre thinks that it will benefit from Jerusalem's destruction. I'm like, man, they got it all made. What more is there to benefit? But they were glad to see any competition uh, be gone. And uh, the second thing we see uh, under A is the prince of Tyre is filled with pride. He conducts himself as a little god. Imagine that. Uh, 28, 1 through 5, his wisdom and treasure have made him rich. Sounds like he sat in Congress at the United States, I think. That's humor, by the way. Uh, and so uh, we see the sentence on Tyre in chapter 26, 3 through 21, uh, chapter 27, 26 through 36, and 28, 6 through 9. The city will be destroyed down to its bare foundation. There's not going to be anything left because of the sentence brought against Tyre by God. And so the attack by the Babylonians in chapter 26, 3 through 21, Babylon will destroy Tyre's villages and tear down her walls and her gates. In just a moment here, we want to be mindful that God doesn't always use his people to bring destruction upon those that he's bringing destruction upon, okay? Uh, here he's going to use the Babylonians to come against Tyre, to break down its walls, down to its bare foundations. That means that this place is just going to be wide open. We think of Jericho. This is kind of like Jericho, okay? Um, it's going to be also attacked by the Greeks. In 28, 6 through 10, they're going to draw their swords against the king of Tyre, and he dies. So Babylon's coming. 
the Greeks are going to come shortly thereafter, and uh, all that this wealth that it has is going to be gone. Uh, and, and then if that isn't enough, God says in chapter 27, 26 through 36, that he's going to bring an ocean storm that destroys its ships. So, you know, we get tornadoes. We know what tornadoes are like. Uh, you can imagine, you know, we've seen hurricanes hit uh, the shores of America and the destruction and the damage that is done. That's what's going to happen here. This hurricane, this ocean storm is going to destroy its ships. It may be it comes into the harbor and destroys the ships there. Undoubtedly, it will destroy the ones that are out on the open ocean. That brings us to letter F. Or no, yeah, letter F. And there we read the satanic force behind Tyre, chapter 28, 11 through 19. And so many Bible students feel that these verses describe the original sin and fall of Satan himself. If this be the case, observe what is mentioned. There's four things here that we're going to consider tonight. Again, uh, I'm not taking a stand either way. This is just what I found in some study, and I would encourage you to study it out. First of all, the perfection, verse 11 through 13. This magnificent angel is created by God as the ultimate in wisdom and in beauty. And so uh, they look at Tyre and they think, wow, this place is beautiful. When Satan was made, he was perfect. He was a magnificent angel that controlled the music, uh, his position, uh, number two, his position, verse number 14, he is then appointed to be the anointed guardian angel. He is the one closest to God. He was responsible to see uh, that the, the music and the atmosphere was great. This was part of his position. And then we see the pride, verses 15 through 16. All this causes Lucifer to be filled with pride, prompting him to attempt a violent overthrow of God himself. We must always be careful when pride comes into our life. Listen, if pride could take out, the, the, at that time, maybe the number one angel in heaven, just imagine what pride can do to me and you, you know? Uh, we don't have any of those special powers or anything like that. Pride, I'm telling you, ruins more lives, causes more issues uh, in the church, in the community, in life. And so we have to guard against pride in our life. And then we see the punishment, verses 16 through 19. He is removed from his lofty position, cast to the ground, and made an example of concerning God's wrath towards sin. Now, it sounds like a perfect description of what Satan lived through and what he had encountered. He starts out with this uh, perfection, he's got a position, his pride takes over, and then the punishment of God comes upon him, he's cast to the earth. Uh, we know now that he is known as the little g God of this world, but we also know that his will be the home of eternal punishment in the lake of fire. And so that brings us to our sixth point, the prophecy against Sidon, verses 20 through 26. And uh, we see this prophecy against Sidon. Sidon is destroyed, verses 20 through 24. Invading armies will come in, and then terrible plagues will devastate both land and the people. 
I can't even imagine. You know, we had to face off with COVID. That was a horrible thing. But could you imagine if something would have come in and destroyed like uh, half or maybe three quarters of the crops in America? And then something would have happened to our beef industry and something happened to the pork industry. I mean, we could all just be sitting around as beggars tonight, right? Wouldn't uh, you get a good EMF? We could be sitting around in the dark lighting candles, uh, going back to the old way of life. And so that's what happens to the side on here. They're going to be invaded by armies. Terrible plague's going to be upon them, and it's going to de de devastate both the land and the people. And then uh, we see Israel is delivered. Verse 25 and 26, it says, Thus saith the Lord God, When I shall have gathered the house of Israel from the people among whom they are scattered, and shall be sanctified in them in the sight of the heathen, then shall they dwell in their land that I have given to my servant Jacob, and they shall dwell safely therein, and shall build houses and plant vineyards. Yea, they shall dwell with confidence when I have executed judgments upon all those that despise them round about them, and they shall know that I am the Lord their God. So Israel, uh, the promises of deliverance, the people will be regathered, regenerated, and restored to the land that God has given them. We know that that happens in perfection in the millennial reign of Christ. We've already started to see a movement among the Israelites to move back to their promised land. Uh, I think it's going to become uh, a lot more as uh, I, I think specifically after uh, the Christians are taken forth out of here, we'll see the nation of Israel regather, regroup. And of course, then we know that they are going to go against all the world right now. Uh, they're just having to go against the Arabs and those that are around them. Uh, but one day they'll stand against the whole world and Jesus will come and set things right and correct. And so uh, interesting to study uh, this prophecy. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we love you and we thank you for your goodness and your love to us. I pray tonight, dear God, that you would work in our lives and our hearts and just use uh, this scripture that we've looked at here tonight in our lives to Help us to be better servants of yours. We love you, and we ask these things in your blessed name. Amen. And so, Brother James, if you'd come with our prayer requests this time.